Welcome once again to No Apology with the Bible Idiots Podcast. Chris and Emily Danielson, and it is Wednesday. And Wednesday means we're going to be bringing to you the long-form teaching once again. And today, Pastor Chris Danielson is going to be digging into 1 Samuel chapter 17. And that is the story of David and Goliath. So if you find this message encouraging, share it with your family, share it with your friends. And now here is Chris Danielson with his message, Passion and Purpose. Open your Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 17. We're going to be in verses 40 through 51. 1 Samuel 17, it is the story of David and Goliath, if you haven't figured that out yet. But if you have a Bible, have it open to 1 Samuel 17. The scriptures will be on the screen as well, verses 40 through 51. And I read in Jesus' name. Then he took his staff in his hand and chose five smooth stones from the brook and put them in his shepherd's pouch. His sling was in his hand, and he approached the Philistine. And the Philistine moved forward and came near to David with his shield-bearer in front of him. And when the Philistine looked and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth, ruddy and handsome in appearance. And the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his God. The Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the fields. Then David said to the Philistines, You come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts and the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you down and cut off your head. And I will give the dead bodies of the hosts of the Philistines this day to the birds of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel, and that all this assembly may know that the Lord saves not with the sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hand. When the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David, David ran quickly towards the battle line to meet the Philistine. And David put his hand in his bag and took out a stone and slung it and struck the Philistine on his forehead. The stone sank into his forehead and he fell on his face to the ground. So David prevailed over the Philistine with the sling and with a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. And there was no sword in the hand of David. Then David ran and stood over the Philistine, took his sword, drew it out of its sheath and killed him and cut off his head with it. And when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. Let's pray. Again, Heavenly Father, we just come to you to worship today. Let these be your words. Let this be your truth to your children. In Jesus' name, amen. Be seated, please. The title of today's message is called Passion and Purpose. Passion and Purpose. It was over 150 years ago that a man named Henry Varley said these words. He said, The world has yet to see what God can do with and for and through and in a man who is fully and wholly consecrated to him. A young man named Dwight L. Moody heard these words and was determined in his heart to be that guy, to be that man. He gave himself fully to the will of God for his life, and the Lord used him to shake two continents for Jesus. 
Moody preached to more than 100 million people with no YouTube during his ministry, and many thousands came to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to be the kind of person that God can use. The Lord is still looking for men, for women, for boys, for girls that he can fill with his spirit and use them to make a difference for Jesus. You and I can be that person that God will take and use for his kingdom glory. That's what I'm here to proclaim to you today. That is so off the chain awesome for each one of us when we really get our minds around it. God can use me. And God can use you in ways that we can't even think about. And so we have to get our minds and our hearts around purpose and passion. Passion and purpose. In our passage, we're told about a young man named David. In his meeting with Goliath, Goliath there are some definite ideas that teach us about the person that God uses. What is our passion as Christians? What is our legit purpose? Have you ever stopped to wonder why you were born into this generation? Emily and I always talk about we might have been a better fit for like the late 1800s or the 1920s. I bet we would have been a house of fire. It would have been great. We were actually cooking last night with our, our uh, Pandora music set to the 60s, 70s, and 80 radio hits. And there was that one song, it's December 1963. I won't sing it, but you know what I'm saying. I was born in 65, so the 60s are important to me. I would have loved to have been an adult in the 60s maybe, huh? But God said no. He said, I want you to be here. What about you? Ever wonder why you are here right now in Kansas, in Abilene, Kansas, in 2021, the age that you are? You follow? Why are we here right now in this space, in this era of our walk on the planet? For what? The issue in today's world are many, and we will go through the day not plugged into the fact many times that God has a plan and a purpose for our life. And you're here right now. You're here by the sovereign will of God, and there's a reason that you're here. So what about the church? Individual and now the collective. What are we doing as a church, as Lifehouse in 2021 in the month of March? See, I believe it is God's awesome forethought that he planned for us to be here together, right here, right now, for a greater purpose. And he is showing it to us every day. Without deeper purpose, we're wasting our time. A couple comfortable Sundays. We can get together and we can lift up the name of the Lord and all go about our way. Is that it? See, we have a deeper purpose and that heavenly purpose, God will show up and he's going to show it to you. And it might be completely different than what the person sitting next to you is. But I have painstakingly pointed out over the last seven months, at least 12 to 15 of the last 20 weeks, that when you see it, God lays it out for you, there will always be risk involved. I've laid the foundation using the three Hebrew children in the fire. I laid the foundation with Caleb. I mean, I'm just thankful I didn't preach 
Caleb for 15 straight weeks because I could. And Joshua. There's so many other stories throughout the New Testament with the disciples. And as we get ready and we head towards Easter, I can't wait to get into John 16, 17, and 18. And you're going to see just this foundation that has been laid for you and for me together for this time. You might be the highest Bible scholar, and you might have just come to know the Lord in the last month. But either way, LifeHouse has been building a foundation that leads up to this message today. Why are we here? What are we going to do? What is our passion and our purpose? There's going to be risk involved. And you're going to need courage and sacrifice to do what is needed. What is it? What is needed, Chris? Come on, just enough with the mumbo jumbo. Lay it out for me. Ready? Here it is. It is to see people saved from their sins soundly in the arms of the Savior and to let others see Christ as the reason for the change in our lives. Better than yesterday. It is to see people saved from their sins soundly in the arms of the Savior and to let others see Christ as the reason for the change in our lives. Better today than it was yesterday. Once you find God and you know that he has a plan for you and you start down that path and a passion builds in you, let me tell you what to expect. You will come into constant attack from the enemy. Hmm. Maybe you wanted to teach us about the armor of God before you said this message. I did. The devil will do anything he can to trip up your steps as you follow the passion and the purpose God has laid out for you. And you know it because you've grabbed onto it. If you know Jesus Christ, you've, you've held it. Now, you might have set it aside or it might have got knocked out. You might have fumbled, but you can pick that ball up again today. I'm telling you, he's there to knock the ball out of your hands every day. Because you have a passion and you have a purpose. You have the ball. There's going to be one attack after another and you're going to face these giants who are going to make you feel as if you're making a mistake. You're you're wasting your time. You go to that church and you pray. You're a fool, is what the devil's going to say to you through many different facets of our world. So how do we fight forward? How do we get the wins? How do we get victory in the face of the enemy? Because the beatdown is headed our way. I'll tell you, one way is collectively we get together and we say, no, not today. Today we're holding on to the ball. And if you knock at my ball, I got a friend of mine that's going to come and just block you out of the way. Because we stand together. We stand together. We stand firm when Satan whispers in our ears, hey, you, you... You're not worth God's blessings. You're not worth God's best. You, you're not worthy to be used by God or anything. So we stand together. That's how we're going to roll. That's what a covenant partner does. See, you need to know this because sometimes right now, many of you are being told, you screwed up so many times, you're not going to get what God has for you. You know those people that have passion and purpose and they go down the path and they serve Jesus? That's not going to be you because of what you've done, who you used to be. You can go play church all you want down there in 2nd Street and Abilene, but the deal about God's best, that's not for you. Remember that time you spent in prison? 
Remember that time you lied? Remember that time you let your whole family down? Remember that time you, you, you had all those abortions? The, the time you stole that stuff? The time you did this? The time you did that? Remember your past and all you did? You're crazy. If you think that after all of that, God can use you for his plan, the holy plan of God with you, please. And then we buy into that. And we let it get into us. You say, oh, Chris, you're a pastor. You must be immune from that. Are you kidding? At 8.30 this morning, driving here, I'm like, what am I doing? I feel bad for you that, that this is your pastor. <laughs> so I want to look at four things today. I want to look at four things, and I want to give you these today because this is the time we're going to rally together. I want you to hold on to these. Those of you who have passion and purpose in Jesus Christ, you've given your life to Christ and you have passion. Those of you who haven't, pay attention because God's calling you. That's why you're here. But I want you to grip these, hold on to these. Number one. The people God uses are common people. The people God uses are common people. Ordinary people are used by God. And obedient people are used by God. Let's start with ordinary. David's treatment and status in his own family. I mean, he was, he was the little brother. And if you want to be honest, if you really study the text, he was the annoying little brother. 1 Corinthians 1.27 says, But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. Get your mind around that. All of us, with the power of Christ, can do passion and purpose for the kingdom. God uses the unknown and the ordinary. Why? Because he gets the most glory that way. And God is a glory hog. Because he's worthy to be a glory hog. You follow? He used just ordinary folks. Moses, the servant girl with, with Naaman, the 12 disciples. Come on. I mean, do you see all the mumbling, bumbling, stumbling that the disciples do in the New Testament? Many others all throughout Scripture, just regular folk. But what did these regular peeps do in their regular simpleness? What did they do? They were obedient to God. They were obedient to God. Why? Because obedient people are used by God. The people used by God are willing to do the most mundane task for the glory of God. Psalm uh, 84.10 and, and others. I could, could pop up in here today real quick. Let me just give you one. One simple scripture thing that they can put up on the screen. I don't have my screens up here, by the way. I have no idea what you're showing. So... Uh, Matthew 21, 1 through 7. The two disciples are sent after a colt, a little donkey. That's a pretty mundane task, even for, for that era. And not only that, they're going to walk into town and just grab one. Because the Lord said to. You know, it'd be like, you know, you're going to go down by the Sonic down here. And there's going to be a, a red 2018 Camaro with the keys in it. And when the guy says, hey, don't take my car, you say, no, the Lord has use of it, and drive away. Okay? Read it with me. Verse 1 of Matthew 21. 
Now when they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethpage, the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied with a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say, The Lord needs them, and he will send them at once. This took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet, saying, Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you humble on a mounted donkey on a colt, a foal of the beast of burden. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. And they brought the donkey and the colt and put them on the cloaks, and he sat on them. Palm Sunday is coming, y'all, and this is a big part of it. It fulfills the prophecy of the Messiah riding into Jerusalem on a donkey from 700 years prior. Point is, the disciples got these mundane tasks, and they were obedient. David was on a mission that could have been handled by the least of Jesse's servants, taking sandwiches to the boys on the front line. That's what brought him to this place. And I'd have loved to take taken a lot more time and, and gone up to what brought David to this spot with Goliath. But David willingly did the job because he was commanded to do so. Of course, being there gave him an opportunity to serve the Lord in a greater way than he ever had managed. Look, don't look down at the task the Lord assigns you. The least of them may reap some great glory to God. You don't know. I don't know. That's why we're faithful and obedient in the small things. You say, well, I only took a few paper clips from work. You know, I, I had that pen at the bank uh, teller desk, and it was a nice pen, and I thought, you know what, I'm just going to absentmindedly put it in my pocket. The least things... If you can't be handling the least things, you can't handle the big things. It goes back to the tithe message I gave at the end of September. If you can't be trusted with the little things, God's not going to trust you with the bigger things. You follow? So don't look down at small tasks. Whatever it is, God can use it. Point number two, the people God uses are consecrated people. The people God uses are consecrated people. God uses people who are related to him, and God uses people that are relying on him. God's, uh, David's words reveal that David had a personal relationship with God. All you have to do is read the Psalms to see that David had a heart for God. And, and, and God's people, they rely on him. They rely on God. David voiced his faith and his confidence, not in his sling abilities, but in his God. David was not looking to man-made weapons or resources, but he stuck to what had always worked in his life, faith in God. Look, the battles that are won in our lives are won by God. If we are ever to be used in this life, it will be because we are leaning upon him and his resources for our strength and provision, right? That sounds so easy, right? Well, here's the news flash. Every single person that wants to have a passion for God's plan and purpose for God's purpose will now have a target on their back. The devil wants to do everything possible to knock you down. I have one major job outside of Sunday morning, and that is if you're carrying God's purpose and his passion, and Satan's trying to knock that ball out of your hands. My job is to come and block him off you. And guess what? You have the same job. 
we stand together. We stand together. Why? Because all of us can fall at any time. None of us are infallible, which is why we intentionally do things to stay close to God. We intentionally do things to take care of ourselves. We do it with our body. We do it with our relationships. It's the same with God. 1 Corinthians 10.12 says this, Therefore, let anyone who thinks that he can stand take heed lest he fall. Take heed lest he fall. It is so easy for us to fall. Again, daily, the Bible says, in keeping with repentance. His mercies are renewed when? Each day, right? It's a journey. And when you have the passion and purpose, you've just asked for things to come up in your grill that you're going to now have to fight back. That's point number three. God uses the people God uses are committed people. They're committed. If you ever played football, and, you know, I mean, I, I used to run with the football. Not very big. Trust me. When you hit that hole and you're my size, you better be committed. You better be committed. David was determined to honor the Lord despite the size and power of Goliath. David didn't care. The eyes were not on the problem. His eyes were on the problem solver. His, his eyes were with passion and purpose for God's kingdom. It was an affront to his God. And he put him in a spot for David to do something about it. Our passion and purpose will help us confront the giants in our path. Every time we face those issues that arise, God has given us everything that we need. And, and if you have a solid church base like Lifehouses, you have good people in your life, like covenant partners in your life group, it's easier to face those giants. And these people, they're, they're committed in spite of the obstacles, and they're also committed in spite of the opposition. Some said that David couldn't do it. Others questioned his motives. You can read that. I mean, he did not have the people cheering him on when he went and did this. They cheered him on afterwards, but when he faced that giant and he stood that giant down, he was by himself. He only had God to rely on. But David was determined to defeat Goliath. And if you go with God, you're going to face opposition. The Bible says that. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 12 through 14. This is the Apostle Paul. He lays it out for you. Verse 12, 2 Timothy chapter 3. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted while evil people and imposters will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, those of you who carry passion and purpose, but as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it. You hear that? You read that text? And you walk with Jesus? It just got real. We, so we know in light of all of what Jesus has told us, that it's authentic and it's real. What, what am I talking about? We have joy. We have peace. 
we, we, we have the, the easy yoke of Jesus. We have the light of God in our heart. And right in the middle of all of that, right in the middle of all of that realness, boom, opposition. And you know something? Sometimes the opposition is from the inside. It's, it's, it's inside yourself. It's inside your family. It's inside your church. It's inside your head. But that opposition is going to be there in one form or another. And we can stay committed in spite of all of those things. David had a chance to walk away, but David had his priorities in order. To him, the main thing was the passion and purpose of the glory of God. The passion and purpose of the glory of God. He made up his mind that God would come first no matter what. And that's supposed to be the, the desire of every child of God. That's supposed to be what we're about. And how can God use us? Well, he can give us courage. <coughs> Point number four. The people God uses are courageous people. The people God uses are courageous people. They're willing to accept the risks. David was willing to put his life on the line for the glory of God. If the Lord hadn't come through for David, David would have died. Now, this is the same heart that motivated the Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Same for Daniel, who wouldn't bend the knee to Nebuchadnezzar. It's in verse 45 through 47. Let me read it to you again. 1 Samuel 17, 45. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you, here it is, in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you down and cut off your head, and I will give the dead bodies of the host of the Philistines this day to the birds of the air and to the beasts of the earth. And all the earth may know that David's super cool. And all the earth may know that, oh, Goliath was just a big, big, loud dummy and David was just so great with the sling. No. And all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And that this assembly may know that the Lord saves not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he gives you into our hand. He gives the giants into our hands. David was willing to listen to the taunts of his opponents and the jabs of his critics, and he accepted the ridicule. He didn't care because the glory of God was at stake. To him, the rewards that came for obedience to the Lord outweighed any personal humiliation he might suffer because of others. Jesus suffered ridicule. Look up John 7, 3 through 6 sometime. The other thing David had is he was going to accept the results. He'd accept the ridicule, he'd accept the results. David walked out into the battlefield confident that he would win. He knew that the next king of Israel was going to be him and that this was not his day to die. In verse 49 through 51, David put his hand in his bag and took out a stone and slung it and struck the Philistine in the forehead, and the stone sank into his forehead, and he fell face down to the ground. 
So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone, and he struck the Philistine and killed him. And there was no sword in the hand of David. David then, in verse 51, takes Goliath's sword out of his sheath and cuts his head off with his own sword. That's an exclamation point from a teenage boy running at you with a sling and a stone. And there are so many stories that David took five stones. In the same brook that David took five stones, I took five stones from Israel. Same, same place. They sit behind my desk right now. You can look at them if you want to. And a lot of people will come up with these cute little messages that, you know, F-A-I-T-H, faith. David had five stones. He had one for Goliath and, and one for each one of his four brothers. And, you know, and they go on and on with these teachings. I don't have anything wrong with those teachings. Those are some good, solid Sunday school lessons. But David had one stone, one sling, and the honor and glory of God was at stake, not him. And when we take our one stone and our one sling, are we worried about the honor of God? Is that our passion and our purpose is the honor and giving glory to Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, and our Creator God and what we're about? Because if it is, we can't fail. We can't fail. We don't always have the same degree of assurance as there are times when we will enter a fight and we will come up short. But keep this truth in mind. While you may not always win the battles of each and everything in your life, it is your faith. And your faith is in the Lord above. You can never, never lose. What looks like defeat in our eyes may be just a victory in the eyes of the Lord. I've had many failures that needed to happen for God's glory. I've had many successes that needed to happen for God's glory. Very few have I had that affected me if I was serving him with passion and with purpose. When I say we have no scorecard, when I say we have no scoreboard, does it make sense now? You can have 100 million people watch you on TV, or you can have a radio podcast with four listeners. It does not matter. You can be a world-celebrated missionary in the farthest lands on the globe, and it does not matter. You can pastor a mega church with a a hundred remote campuses and or you could just go minister to three people on the shores of western alaska and it does not matter to god god cares about you that you are in him common as you are come consecrated to him that you're committed to him and that he demonstrates his courage through you not your neighbor not your pastor not your family but through you David had a passion for God. He passionately would speak to God. He had the night watch over the flock. He would take out his harp and he would talk to God. He would sing to God. He knew God. He had a Holy Spirit passion for God and his purposes. That's all I want. I don't want anything else in my life but a Holy Spirit passion for God and his purposes. Do you want that? Do you want the Holy Spirit passion to be ignited, to be lit within you? Because if you do, you will never, ever walk this earth the same again, wherever he takes you. It's never the same. With the Spirit's passion, any of us, any of us can stand up to the giants in our life. We can stand up to the lack of qualifications, stand up to anxiety and fear in the power of Jesus, stand up to the scars of your past, whatever it may be. You can put on Christ and together as Lifehouse, we roll. And we roll for the glory of God as our passion and our purpose. You say, well, I'm not, I'm not qualified. David wasn't qualified either. Fact, David was too young. Fact, David was too small. Fact, he was too unarmed. 
fact, he was too inexperienced. David would have said, you're right, all things are true. Everything you just said is true, David would say. But I defy by the power of the living God. That's what I want to do. That's all I want to do. It doesn't matter if it's a small thing or a great thing. I want to defy by the power of the living God. Because if he does it, then it's not me. And guess who gets the glory? He does. What's my passion and purpose? His glory. See how this all comes together? In the natural, there's no chance. In the natural, there's no chance for David and for many of us for what God's calling us to do. But in God's power, we can't fail. We can't. Here's an anonymous quote. Write this down. It is better to be courageous and unqualified than to be qualified without courage. It is better to be courageous and unqualified than to be qualified without courage. I heard this quote many years ago. I don't know who, who said it. I heard it recently from a, from a pastor uh, in, a, in a message my daughter sent me. But it's so true. Do you want to be the kind of person that God uses? I do. Regardless of what it costs in time or energy or reputation, it'll be worth it if it's used by the Lord. Have you listened to these characteristics, these, these four things being explained to you this morning? And you identify in your heart right now certain areas that need to be enhanced or corrected? Maybe you find yourself, you've just been going through the motions, you've just been hanging around. Well, John 10.10 says this as we head towards closing today. It says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. They may have life and have it abundantly. But be careful. Know this. The devil doesn't care if you come to church. Satan doesn't care if you want to put forth a little bit of effort. He doesn't care. He comes as a thief to steal and kill and destroy. As long as you don't find the real Jesus and obtain authentic spiritual transformation in your life, as long as that doesn't happen, you can do whatever you want. Come on in. Come kneel with me. Wave your hands. Do whatever you want to do. You can serve. You can do anything and say anything you want. Wear your Lifehouse t-shirt. No, he doesn't care. As long as you stay spiritually dead, he's cool. He's cool with that. He's okay with every, whatever you want to do here. But if you become spiritually alive, if you become transformed by the blood and the power of Jesus Christ, you will get a football of passion and purpose. And you will hold on to that. And you will, it'll be everything to you because it's his glory that he's showing through you. You get to see things that blow your mind. And you know it's him. And the enemy's going to come and try to knock that out of your hands. So I want to give you a minute. I wanted to put communion before this message because I wanted you to have this time right now. This is your time. This is your time for you to talk to God and have him take your life 
and use it for his glory. If you will get honest with him, if you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, I want you to get right with him right now. I want you to wait until the newsboy starts singing. Then I want you to come forward and talk to me. If you need Jesus, quit playing games. And nobody cares what they think. Oh, I don't know. I, I better not. Somebody might think. Nobody cares. Everybody here would, would worship Jesus immensely if any one of you wanted to give your life to Christ this morning because it's called Lifehouse Church. And the life giver is here reaching out to you. And maybe you're in the other camp. Maybe you're in the saved camp. Wherever you might be right now, if you're in the saved camp and you know God has a deeper passion and purpose that he's trying to get into your life, and you say, Lord, I need to repent of those things and I need to get stronger with you today, I want you to take a minute and do that in this house of God. Because that's what it's here for. The passion and purpose that we have as Lifehouse Church, is to face the giants that are coming, to do it collectively under the banner of a covenant partnership, and to do it with the word of God and the full armor of God, and to do it as a praying church. And we don't do it in a contrived way. We do it from a self-depreciating, if God doesn't do it, it ain't going to get done. That's why I love it here. That's why a lot of you love it here. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, Heavenly Father, Holy Spirit, I thank you for passion and purpose in my life. I thank you for the passion and purpose of many of the people sitting out here today and watching on YouTube or wherever they're getting the content of this, Bible Idiots podcast, wherever this message goes. And Lord, through your anointing, these words may be valuable to somebody but only if it brings you glory. Lord, you know I'm not good at this, but I'll do it anyway. While we're praying, if there's anyone here who does not know Jesus Christ as their Savior, and you would like to be introduced to him this morning, I'd like you just to stand where you are. Some pastors will browbeat this for 10 minutes and not me. It's right now he's calling you. Now's your chance. If you do not know him as your Lord and Savior, just stand where you are. Lord, strengthen your children here today. The ones who have that passion and purpose. And maybe they're like me where they fumble on Monday and they pick it up again on Tuesday and they stay strong through Wednesday and Thursday they're wobbly again Lord I ask that you would strengthen them give them a spine of steel and standing firm with the full armor of God for such a time as this and let us stare down any giants that we may face together as a collective here at Lifehouse Church we love you we ask your blessings and we ask your fulfillment now in Jesus name Amen Thanks for tuning in to our Sunday message. To donate, request prayer, or to contact Pastor Chris, you can write to Lifehouse Church at P.O. Box 661, Abilene, Kansas, 67410. 
or go online at lifehouse-church.com. On behalf of the entire congregation, thanks again for your support.